And we are live again uh, for the second time tonight. Hopefully all is well and everything works out smoothly for this podcast and there's not a bunch of errors, but welcome back to the True Christian Ministry Podcast. Uh, as Amen. always, I am Michael Pagano and I am joined with JD, my brother from across the pond. Uh, what's going on, bro? Brother, love you. Be blessed. Let's hope that the Lord is, is with us. Let's just pray, actually. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for another day, for another opportunity to share the good news with the world. Thank you, Lord, that you bless this live stream and that all the interference that is happening at the moment will come to an end and that everybody that joins in will be blessed and edified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah, I don't know what's happening tonight, guys, but I apologize greatly. Uh, you probably didn't hear a lot from the beginning of the intro of the other one. Uh, JD was sharing that he had a lot of feedback from people in the local area about the podcast that is really encouraging to him. And I love that. Uh, in fact, I tell people all the time that the little encouraging messages that I get or the comments that I get, I, I know I can't respond to all of them. I never would have guessed in a million years that I would get 90,000 comments a week. Like when I started this little journey a year ago by holding my yeah. phone like this and just being like, yo, Jesus is king, never would have imagined it. So I can't, I can't respond to all the comments, but I guarantee you I look as much as possible to uh, always try and see it. And every single loving comment or message fuels me, like legit fuels yeah. me because that's why we do it. JD and myself aren't doing this for any other reason. We're not beholden to anybody financially. We're not beholden to anybody as in like a requirement. Uh, we just do it because we love growing with you guys. So we do greatly appreciate that. Um, as you see the topic tonight, it's an interesting topic. And anyone who was on my live stream earlier, actually, while I was waiting for my kids to get off school, uh, you may have heard me touch on this. And what that is, is we really have a lack of patience in the Christian body, but a lot of zeal. And I know that that sounds like a good thing, but the scriptures actually warn us against zeal without knowledge and wisdom, right? Um, and I really wanted to touch on it because a lot of people want to be the voice. They want to jump out and be leaders as soon as they come to Christ, right? They, they, they learn about Jesus two weeks ago, and now they're already trying to like have a, I want to have a platform because we live in the age of social media. Right. Everybody mm. like let's throw away Christianity for two seconds. Let's just talk about our culture. We live in a culture where people are making a living by sitting on camera. I, I'm doing it, too. I'm not making a living from it because I'm I'm retired. Right. Like I'm done working as far as I'm, I, I have my uh, income. But regardless, this is the generation we live in where people do this and they try and find what can I do it with? right? Oh, I'm good at video games. I'll do it here. I'm good at comedy. I'll do it here. And we need to be careful not to let Christianity become a part of that where the only reason people are doing it is because, man, you know, I could just be, I could just make videos, right? And, and yeah. I can do that really well. I believe I can do that. And you want to do it for the wrong reasons. And like I said, there's a lot of people who are impatient when they come to the Lord and they want to jump out and lead. And I know the zeal. I, I understand it. If I go back and watch, uh, I don't know about you, JD, I don't know if you have access to like old videos of yourself, but I, I have yeah. a couple videos I recorded like seven years ago when I was like really early in this walk of apologetics. And like, I yeah. see the deal in the videos. You know what? Maybe I'll upload one on TikTok. Oh, maybe I will. I, I, I have them hidden somewhere, but I see the zeal. 
but I also see this piece of clay that's got a lot rougher of edges, right? Like yeah. I can I can see what the Lord has done to me. Even in a year since I've been on TikTok, I can go back to my first videos and see how I've grown as far as that goes. Um, and, and we need to understand that by jumping out there with that zeal and not having that patience to be discipled and learn, you can go out there and actually cause damage, right? That that's that's a problem in the church yeah. today because a lot of a lot of pushback that you get against Christianity is stuff that we don't even believe, but they heard it from someone. They had to hear it. Yeah. From, they don't. They're not just making this. Atheists aren't making stuff up. Like they they do sometimes. I mean, not you know act like they don't, <laughs> but they do hear it from someone. Oh, where it's a war between God and Satan. That's Hollywood. That's not Christianity. There's no war between God and Satan. God wins. I don't, it's not a chess game between God and Satan. So that's yeah, what I wanted to yeah. talk about tonight, JD. I know that you Amen. probably see this all the time. So I, I, man, I'm it's, sure it's, that it's, it's so strange. Story. It's so strange because yesterday I was, I was, I was talking to, I was at another church yesterday. I was helping him out with a few things and I was t t uh, talking to two of the brothers you know, that, that are, you know, members of the church and we were going through, you know, I was just going through apologetics with them and this has become a massive problem, especially, you know, America is probably the benchmark for this problem, but it is, it, it is spreading. It is spreading and we see more and more people, more and more new Christian pages pop up, which is a good thing, which is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. It is a good thing that people are out there proclaiming the gospel and that they are sharing the good news. But it is, it is not a good thing when they are sharing from a lack of knowledge. Um, and there's 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 two there's two there's two sides to this coin because we also see those people that have become puffed up with knowledge and have forgotten why they they share the gospel to begin with. So this is as always there is always the the two edged sword. You know, there is two sides to this story. Um, and again, don't get tripped up with, with being overzealous and not understanding humility um, <clears throat> because that's a big problem. That's a huge, huge problem. Everything we do has to be in humility. My pastor once said, the, the thing that happens to people is, is when, your, when your knowledge trumps your humility, You've mm. got a big problem. If your knowledge of the scriptures trump your humility of the scriptures. You've you've got a big problem because then that will start coming out in the way you teach others. So just just a good just a good reminder and a good topic. Patience is is linked very closely with humility, and zeal unfortunately is linked very closely with pride. So Amen. it's it's a, a very good topic. So I'm glad I'm glad we're going to go through this. Yeah, tonight's going to be a little bit shorter episode. As we mentioned last week, uh, JD has some new schedule stuff, so an hour and a half. So let's just dive into it real quick. Before we open up the scriptures, I want to I want to talk about uh, some examples from scripture. So I'm still going into the scriptures just without pulling them up on screen. I want you guys to really think about everyone that God ever used in scripture. Everyone. Prophets. Things, whatever it is, uh, people of God, not just used because he uses people that aren't of God. But I mean, like used as part of the story. Is there a single one that he did not prepare or 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 build to who they meant, who they, who they were going to be? Not one. 
Not one got the word from God in day two they were doing things, right? Yeah. Even with Paul, what people fail to realize is when you read Galatians days. 1, he goes away for three years. Yes, immediately he did hit the streets because that's where he was at. He gave it. But then God said, come with me. And he sent him away for three years. The apostles walked with Jesus for three years. Moses spent 40 years in as a shepherd. And I was just talking about this on my live stream earlier. Um, I actually learned more about this listening to a Vody Bakum sermon not long ago where he talked about how in the Acts of the Apostles, we find out that Moses was 40 when he committed the murder and Pharisee and Pharisee. Uh, Pharaoh kicked, got rid of him. And then 80 when he led the Exodus. That's 40 years that God took him to break what he was because he was, a, he was an yeah. Egyptian. He had to break him of those ways. We see this mm. with, even with the ones that are kept from birth. Uh, 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 Samuel from birth was designated to grow into that. Uh, uh, you have prophets who followed other, who learned from Elisha, followed Elijah, right? There's nowhere in scripture where you see this, God grabs you and then you're ready tomorrow. He walks you through these things. And this is why discipleship is so important. But we mm. know that we've mentioned this many times before, and we know that people say, well, I don't have discipleship. So I was thinking about this, you know, you shouldn't be punished because of the lack of leaders around you. So I was thinking about how can we guide you to get your discipleship from the Bible? So today I want to dive into some places where I truly believe, and I think JD can agree, that you should spend time at in the Bible if you don't have someone that's discipling you, where you could be yeah. discipled by the scriptures. Now, granted, we all should be in these, not knocking that. However, if you have no one discipling you, you should be putting extra focus in these areas. Um, so these books that I recommend are obvious. I think you, you would think they're obvious. Proverbs, ready for this one? This one's going to be the curveball, though, J.D., the letter of James. Now, the reason I say the letter of James is because um, a lot of theologians and scholars would refer to James as the Proverbs of the New Testament. And when you actually mm. read James, you realize what he's doing is not writing a normal epistle. He is giving you wisdom. And that's why some parts of it seem like he's just doing like wise sayings back to back in the same structure that we see Solomon doing things. This is wisdom mm. to the Christian, right? Um, so I really think and we're going we're gonna to look through those right now. But first, I want to read Galatians 5, because at the end of the day, we need to remember the goal is to, to demonstrate the fruit of the spirit. And that is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I really yeah. wanted to focus on that word patience. JD, do you think that the Christian church today in modern 2023 demonstrates patience? No. Yeah. I, no, I don't think not so. at I, all. I think patience is one that we forget about. Yeah. I mean, and this is, this is, this is one of the, I mean, I love where it starts. Everything, all of every single one, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are all byproducts of the most important one, which is love, charity. Mm -hmm. And and we see we see every single one of these: joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, all dwindle in the church today. But patience being a a big one, a big one of that. I mean, everybody wants to get everything done very quickly. And I blame, I blame the, the instant access we have. Everything's at your fingertips. You can get information 
within seconds. And this is this is what's oh, led people to having no patience whatsoever. No patience. Bro, I'm so whatsoever. glad that you said that. Every now. I'm so glad that you said that. I got to lower the Bible now. We got to talk about what you just said. We have to stop for a moment because what you just said <laughs> needs to be heard. This is about to yeah. move into more than just a, a, a Bible study uh, podcast, but just wisdom in general. <laughs> Listen to what JD just told you guys, because this is true. I was just talking about this earlier. You know, when me and you were growing up, we had to be taught how to do research because you you have to learn how to do Dewey Decimal System and 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 uh, 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 encyclopedias and books. Like I had to go look for information, and information was limited. But now we live in the age of a surplus of information, and because we're impatient, we take what's first. We need to be teaching people how to how to decipher information. Now it's no longer how to look for it but how to decipher it because now we have just all this information coming in and some people are so impatient and lazy when it's mind blowing. Y'all ever see the Facebook post where it'd be like, Hey y'all, how, what temperature do I cook chicken to? Like, bro, the effort you took to type that comment in, you could have found a real answer, but now because your cousin is, is not so bright, you about to get salam, sal uh, whatever that's called, uh, salmonella. Because you asking other people who also ask other people who also ask other people who also ask other people. Like you have a plethora. Yeah. I, I used to joke around and say like we are the dumbest, smartest generation ever. Because we have access to everything. But we just yeah. dumb. Like you ever see the, the man on the street videos where they ask people like how many months are there? Or just the most basic things ever. And their answers yeah. are just like... <laughs> Oh. Name three oh. continents, and <laughs> it's oh. like Madagascar, <laughs> Madagascar, Italy, Spain. <laughs> it's like what? How did you get lady, I saw this one video where this one lady was asking her son questions, and like at the top of it says Gen Z, whatever. And I'm just sitting there, like I don't think she realizes that this is just as much an offense to her because that's your son, your son, and you're pointing out how. And these questions were like. If you go to school, yeah. how do you not answer these? How do you not? It was some basic stuff. Like, oh, it, it's painful. But that's the generation we live in. We're like, legit, people don't know basic information at all. Because you don't need to know. You don't need to memorize anything. You can get answers like that. And heck, we're getting even dumber because now we have chat GPT. People don't even need to write their own papers. AI does it for them. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, we've gotten so dumb that we've actually reverted back to the uh, to hieroglyphics with emojis. I know that sounds crazy. We have, as human beings, we have advanced our technology to be able to explain anything to the T by using words and adjectives and, and really expounding on what our words are to articulate something. But we've actually went backwards to where like, I'm gonna just send this one image and you know what I mean, because you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> you have words, yeah. use them. Yeah. It's truly sad, man. It's truly sad because what, what we've seen is, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the comments and like everybody's on the same page, which is awesome. Everybody knows exactly what we're talking about, but, but this is exactly the problem. And people even do their Bible studies this way, man. They'll Google a verse, pull up the first commentary of that verse and be like, bam, that's what it means. Not and even noticing that the website is like uh, churchoflatterdayfaith.com. Yeah, like, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Mormon or Jehovah's Witness text. And people are like, oh, okay. That's what, and like, no, dig deeper. Uh, we have the resources. 
physically in paperback. You, you've got all these resources that, I mean, you can see my shelf at the back and you can see mine at the back. There are, there are resources and good books by good theologians who have taken the time and, and to you can read your books book. electronically. No one's saying you can't live in the 21st yeah. century, but we're just yeah. talking about the way that you Google some stuff. I know that this was yeah. a sidetrack, yeah, but seriously, guys, I just, come on, we, we do better, do better, do better. But no, I, I'm yeah. the fruits of the spirit though. Patience. That's a big one. Like kindness, even online, it's like Christians have their in-person version in-person version and then their online version and when people not just christians human beings get online and it's like the natural carnal man comes out because nobody can see your face nobody knows who you really are and the worst yeah. of worst exists online like everybody knows that like i said this isn't even a religion discussion right now this is humanity and, and mm. we should understand that as christians we need to represent ourselves online the way that we do in person it's not like, a, oh, online, I can just be whoever I want to be. And, and that plays in, we, this is what actually the very first episode of this podcast ever was. It was me and um, Drew discussing how Christians walk on social media. Because on social yeah. media, it is the, it is the digital um, what's the word? town hall, the digital town hall, the virtual town hall. We exist yeah. there. Whether I know, I know there's some of you that don't want to believe that we fully exist online now. If you haven't figured this out, it ain't going nowhere. We exist online. We have a, a physical space, not physical, Presence. a virtual space that we have online that represents who we are. And, and yep. if, yeah. So, and that's a fact. Yeah. So, and honestly, here's, here's my recommendation. Why don't we all, we should all have these fruits of the spirit written down on a sticky note and on our mirror every day. Like, Every day, you should look at the fruit of the spirit. Like if there's verses that you read every day, you should want to look at this and just say to myself, today I will love, I will have joy, I will have peace, I will show patience, I will show kindness, I will show goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Against such, there is no law. And remind ourselves, like every day, that's really what you, that's all you have to do. And these aren't things that are hard to do. In fact, this is actually extremely easy to do. Loving people's not hard. It's not. It's that's supposed to be super easy to love people because you just got to say, yeah, I, I love you. Like, I mean, I'm going to respect you. I'm going to treat you a certain way. Joy and mm. peace. As long as you have trust in Jesus, joy and peace should be effortless. Patience going to be the one we going to struggle with, though. Patience. Yeah. Patience. I mean, and this is this is this is something we we struggle with in general. Um, whether you're a believer or not, even a believer. We, we see we see non-believers do the same patient for a season impatient for another but even more so the the believer has to be patient because we understand that this is this was this was one of the key things that the psalmist and for anyone who reads psalms and if you spend some time in the psalms you'll see this was what david emphasized the most being still waiting on the lord being still, waiting on the Lord, waiting on God, being patient, listening, being quiet. All of these equate to the same thing. Being patient is being still and waiting on the Lord. We can't, we can't hear what God has to say to us through his word if we are going to constantly jump on every single thing and like, oh, bam, I'm going to post this. Oh, bam, I'm going to post this. Oh, bam, I'm going to post this. And we see a lot of people doing this where they have 
within their videos, videos that contradict one another. Like they'll say one thing on this video and then they'll say another thing on that video. And there's certain groups on TikTok, you listen to them and you're like, that's not what you said a month ago. Now you're saying this. And again, it's all part of the process. You are going to grow. You are going to go through seasons. Like, like, like Mike said earlier, if you look at, like if I look at my walk seven years ago and I look at my walk now, like they're two different people. <clears throat> like I've gone through some serious sanctification when it comes to, when it comes to what God is, is, is busy with in, in, in my life. But again, we have to, have to, have to be patient to allow God to mold us. Again, we see all of these, these verses where it says, where it puts emphasis on God being the potter and us being the clay. Like he, he who begun a good work in you, he will bring it to completion. It's, it's got yeah. nothing to do with you. So the zeal that you have for God needs to be a zeal where you allow him to conform you to him, not you conforming God to you. And, and this is the difference. When we go to Romans 8, you see this. You know, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Again, look at that keyword in Christ, not those who have a piece of Christ in them, Amen. those who are in Christ. So we see the, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, both put emphasis on this. James, both put emphasis on this. Again, like, like Mike already mentioned, wisdom comes from God's word. And as, as, as we see in Proverbs, the beginning of wisdom is a fear of the Lord, is a reverence of who God is. If, if you're still looking at God from this perspective, and don't get me wrong, Jesus Christ is a friend. He is a friend, but mm-hmm. he's not a buddy. You know, he's not <laughs> someone, he's not a buddy that you just woke up and crisp high five in the morning and yo dog, what's happening? Uh, that's not, that's not having a reverence for who God is. Again, we look at Jesus with awe and wonder because he took on the punishment we deserve. This is a daily reminder for me, the crucifixion. Like, and I feel like, and this is just my opinion. Um, I'm not teaching right now, but just going to throw this out there is that I feel like a lot of Christians forget the gospel. Like they don't remind themselves of the gospel every day. Indeed. (laughs) It's a daily reminder and, and patience, patience comes very quickly and humility comes very quickly when you stand up and you look and you think, I don't even deserve the air in my lungs right now. I don't even deserve the air in my lungs right now. And if it wasn't for Jesus, none of this would be possible. None Amen. of this would be possible. Uh, so I found that verse I was talking about. Romans 10 says, brothers, my heart is, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Listen what Paul is saying. You see, as we if you if we were reading the entire letter of the Romans, you would know that in Romans three or yeah, Romans three, he tells us what the righteousness of God is. Um, in fact, it would just go back to it real quick, just so you can understand the context here, right? 
So in Romans 3, he says, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. So the righteousness of God, when he says that, he's talking about faith in Jesus Christ. So now let's go back to Romans 10 real quick. And he's talking about people who aren't saved, right? He says, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. So they're not saved. But he says that they have a zeal for God. Well, wait a minute. You said that they're not you're, they're not saved. How do they have a zeal for God? Listen, but it's according. It's not according to knowledge for being ignorant of the righteousness of God. So their faith isn't in Jesus. They're, they're ignorant to that. So they, they know there's a supreme being. They know they confess that there's something there and they're zealous for it. And we know this. We see them in Islam. We see it in Judaism. These people are zealous for God. That's a fact, but not according to knowledge because they're seeking to establish their own. And this is the yeah. downfall of a lot of people. Matter of fact, I'm, I, I don't want to do this as a, a, a boast for JD and I, but let's get big screen for a second. What did we tell y'all was happening with uh, um, Ryan Foley? Remember, we spoke on it several times and we warned you what we saw from experience. Justin, he's several years in street ministry. Myself, several years in street ministry. JD, several years. What did we keep saying? We kept warning you that we saw exactly what it was. And then finally, he came out with his video telling the truth about his walk saying that I really was getting self-righteous. I thought I was a prophet. Like these, I was getting built up, but I was under attack of demons. Like he admits everything that we were saying. And because we we saw it. And, and based on our experience, we understand the difference between wisdom in Christ and zealousness for God, right? He yeah. had a zeal for God, not based on knowledge. Why? Because he rushed into this. And this is why we tell you not to just jump online and try to be a teacher because all it takes is for a video to go viral and then you start getting puffed up like what happened with Ryan, right? His video goes viral. Now he's got people saying, yeah, we love you. We support you. You're speaking for God. And like the inside, oh, I'm speaking for God. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? It, it's, it puffs up. And this is why, again, yeah. patience is important. I mentioned it. Uh, all the people in the Bible, they took time to walk with the Lord. They took time to get to know who they're supposed to be. And it's very important that you understand that. On top of that, oh, I thought I had the scripture ready to go. James tells us in James chapter three, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Listen, this mm. isn't something I'm happy about either. Like this is one of those things I have conversations with God about, like Lord, yeah. I want to guide people, but that means I really got it. Please don't let me do this wrong, Lord, right? Don't jump into something that you're not ready for or that you don't actually, that you're not serious about. I'm being very honest with you. I remember I made a video once saying, hey, before you spread the gospel, here's a couple things you should take into account. Your safety, uh, your reputation, your credibility. You will, it, it, you can't, unless you're spreading a false gospel or a prosperity gospel, which is a false gospel, you will get pushed back when you spread the gospel. You could be a yeah. Christian who never gets persecuted by living in a woods or living in a Christian community. You cannot be a Christian who's evangelizing and not face any type of oppression. It's not. Yeah. And if you're not ready for that, it can really hit you hard. Right. Mm. Um, and on top of that, you're also facing other denominations or faiths with with their lies that are, are created to confuse people. So if you're not grounded in your faith, you can end up also getting taken into something else. 
And then finally, the most uh, uh, important thing is because you may mislead people. And like it says, not many of you should be teachers because we will be held to a greater level of strictness. And I don't think a lot of people know that you, you, you know who I'm talking about, obviously, but we know that there was one teacher that I, or teacher that I went back and forth with and he played a game of, you can't judge me, right? Like you can't be a fruit inspector. And there's some, there's some people out there that legit feel like even as teachers, they still fall under that, like, uh, Romans 14, you know, don't judge your brother and they stand by God and, and they stand or fall with the Lord and no answer to him. Uh, yes. But when you stepped up to be a teacher, you're opening that door up to saying, hey, keep me accountable. Because like, we're yeah. called to do that. We're called. You, you don't fall under the same grace of uh, uh, of the new Christian. You stepped up and said, I'm ready to lead. And nobody's going to protect or worry about your feelings when you possibly are leading people astray. All right? So yeah. you have to be aware of what you're stepping into. Yeah. I mean, I had a decay the other day. Someone's like, when are you going to open up your own church? And I was like... <laughs> You know, like we get this all the time. And, and, and when I said we, I was referring to me and Mike. We get this all the time. And and the reality is, is right now where I'm at, I know God is still working on me. And I, I trust his timing. I trust his timing. Like they are when we read first and second Timothy, when you read the book of Titus, we see the biblical man or the biblical leader needs to meet a certain amount of requirements. And then I will openly say there are many of those requirements I do not yet meet in the fullness of those requirements. I still do lose my temper. So when we when we do when Mark says this is the topic for tonight, he's not just he's not just talk, talking to you guys. He's preaching to me as well. And if anything, like I say to people, if you're not going to listen, I'm preaching to myself. <laughs> when I read the Word of God and 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 those words pop out of the page, and I'm like, wow, like. The, the message that we see in the Bible, it's offensive for a reason because it changes you and it molds you if you allow it to. And here's where, and, and I'm just going to say this, digressing from for this for just a second. You have to be ready to be wrong. You have to be ready to be wrong, guys. Like if you're reading scripture, it doesn't matter how long you had a set of beliefs. You have to be ready to be wrong about that set of beliefs. You have to be able to sit with a bunch of brothers. And this is this is similar to the councils that happened at Jerusalem, that happened at Nicaea. If you sit around the table with 11 other brothers and those 11 brothers agree on something and you don't, you have to come to the conclusion that I'm the one at fault, not the 11. <laughs> and, and on TikTok, here's what happens. The one thinks he's correct and the 11 are all deceived. And and this is the problem that we see. Again, there's no exactly. patience. Oh my goodness! To... No, I need my air horn for that. Throw it out there. Where's it at? This is exactly what we see on TikTok, and and especially with like like Mike, like he says, he gets he gets so many. Uh, I'll I'll be done in just a sec. The he gets so many comments, and sometimes I'll go watch his video, and I'll be like, that's a good point. That's a good point. And then I'll go through the comments section. And I'll see some of the negative comments and I'll be like, did you even watch the video? Like it's a 10 minute video. And I can see from the comment, I can see from the comment that yeah. you watched 30 seconds or mm -hmm. a minute of the 10, because sometimes we start off by saying something using an analogy and our conclusion is different. The analogies we use are simply to paint a picture. 
is not saying this is what God says. We're not ending with thus says the Lord. We are going, this is the analogy. Let me paint the picture. And here's the conclusion. Again, go back to the scriptures like we see in Acts 17, 11. We constantly encourage people to go back to the scriptures, read the word of God for yourself. Don't take everything I say at face value. Don't take everything Mark says at face value. Go back to the word of God. Constantly dig in to the word of God. Amen. No, it's that's I, I, I can't even add to that, honestly, because that is so true about what we see online. Um, but no, guys, I mean, I'm sitting here reading your comment section and we have to understand something. This is not what we mean when we say church. So I want to clarify what JD was saying, because I agree with him. People ask me all the time, Mike, you open a church from coming. Mike, when are you going to open a church? When are you going to have a church? I'm not ready for a church. I, I'm not ready for that. I know what the qualifications of a pastor are. If someone came to me and said, we'd like you to be a pastor, I would look at them and be like, well, have you read the Bible? Like, I'm not that, not yet. Maybe one day and the Lord's working me there, but I've got a road to go first, right? And that's the problem. I wish more pastors would have turned down the role of pastor. Look at uh, Todd, uh, Todd, Todd, uh, what's that dude? Mike, Michael, whatever that dude, Michael Todd, right? He admits that yeah. he wasn't ready for it, but he took it anyway. That's the crazy thing. He admits he didn't even know what being a pastor was, but he took it. And, and, yeah. and he is now running that church all over the place with some crazy doctrine. Um, and this isn't the, the church in that sense. So there's two different types of churches you have to understand in the Bible, right? You have the body of Christ, which Ephesians 1 makes clear the body of Christ is the church. Yes, we, all of us, are the church. We gather together and we hold church with each other, right? And we have a congregation together to worship and to dive into the scriptures. But this is not that because this is not personal. So the personal church is people who know you, your community, people that live near you. Like you, I, I, I try and paint this picture all the time. When you look at the Acts of the Apostles, first of all, they came together and gave all their stuff up to each other. And they were in unison together and they walked together and they were uh, uh, d impacting their community, community together. That's why I love my church that I'm at right now. People ask all the time, like, what denomination you go to? I didn't choose my church based on denomination. I visited churches. Who's preaching a sound gospel? Who has elders? And who's in my community? I, I want to interact with people I live around so I can spread yeah. the gospel to people I see on a day-to-day -day basis. I dream to live in a community where we all know each other because of our relationship with Christ, where we're neighbors and we're brothers and sisters, right? That, like, that's, that's the type of church JD's talking about and I'm talking about. And that has a pastor yeah. and that shepherd is there. And will the Lord call one of us into that one day? Who knows? Who knows? But we're not there yet. He admits it for himself. I admit it for myself. Um, and more people I wish would do that. Like I, I would be an assistant pastor. I could do that. I, I feel like I'm at the yeah. position where I could, I could preach. And that's another thing people fail to realize. Being a pastor has nothing to do with preaching. Yeah. Yeah. That's you a big, big misconception. Where the pastor is the preacher. Now, does the pastor yep. preach? Yeah, of course. We do, uh, we see that all the time, but that's not biblical as far as a necessity or a qualification. In fact, in the scriptures, when it tells you about the qualifications for a pastor, nothing about biblical knowledge is present. It's about yeah. how they take care of their family, how they are in their community, being above reproach. People know you and respect you. Your family is taken care of. Can this person lead people and do so as a representative of Christ? That's what we're, that's what a pastor is for. Me and JD can go preach at a church. Yeah, I agree too. But when you see us preaching, that doesn't mean we're pastor material yet. 
Pastor material yeah. is that building relationships and communication. In fact, I, I, I've shared this before, but my pastor hit me with a question once that helped me realize I wasn't built for a pastor yet. He said to me, um, you know, if you run into someone who is uh, no longer in a same-sex relationship, but they're still technically married and there's a child involved, how would you handle that? As a street preacher, as an evangelist, oh, well, this has to be done. I'm sticking to the word of God, like to the T. I can't get into the nitty gritty. But a pastor has to sit down and ask himself, okay, we got a child involved. What do we do? How do I guide this person through this journey from here to here? Because I walk with them that whole way. Mm. And that's, mm. I'm not that person yet. I'm the person that's going to get you to the pastor. That's my goal. I'm trying to get, I'm, I'm trying to help the pastor list find a pastor. Um, but we digress yeah, a little amen. bit from the topic. <laughs> amen, but again, amen. this, this is, and let me just conclude with, this is the patience we're talking about. Like we'll get there. We're patient. We trust God. Um, exactly. Oh, good and, way to bring that uh, around full circle. Patience. Cause rushing into the position that you're not ready for, uh, and then trying to do this number, God qualifies the the uh, you, yeah, God doesn't yeah, call yeah. the qualified, He qualifies he the call. God, <laughs> He qualifies you by putting you through a journey, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody I mean, in the Bible has spent at least 40 days in the wilderness. What you doing? <laughs> yeah, you just, just you know, and again, it's it's uh, what one of the hardest things, even even we see it with with this is something that we we struggled with and i see it to my son now he's two, he's two and a half for those of you that don't know i've got a little boy dominic and he's he's two and a half years old now and like he'll be like he wants noodles he wants he like he loves two minute noodles like i think you guys in america call them ramen ramen noodles he wants them now like he's like i want noodles and i'm like sweet i'll get them on the go and then he's like i want my noodles now and i'm like yo dude calm down you'll get your noodles but this is this is the same thing from a very very young age we learn this thing of instant gratification of i want it and i want it now like these sayings i want my cake and i want to eat it too like there is no there is no waiting around for what i want and sometimes this is this is ultimately what what how we approach the word of God. Um, and a lot of people do. <laughs> a lot of people do reproach the word of God this way. Like, I, I, and I get it. I get it. I've been there. Like, you're hungry for the word. You want to get in. You want all that knowledge. You want to understand all these mysteries. You want to know God in his fullness. And here's the thing. It's the same principle. If you take a big chocolate, <clears throat> you can shove that whole thing in your mouth. Surely, even if you break it up into bits, you can put every single block in your mouth. But can you chew it? Once your mouth full of old jogger, you're like, you can't physically bite down because there's just too much in your mouth. And this is ultimately, again, the same principle. You know, this is this is zeal. Like, I can eat this whole cake, but here's the thing. You've got to eat it one bite at a time. You can't eat the whole cake physically one bite. It's not... It's not possible. Can I actually share something real quick? Um, uh, that This reminds me of a, of, of a person. I forget who I was listening to. He was a guest on a podcast I listened to. And he talked about how 
in the modern church, they're actually realizing that most people who start off extremely, extremely zealous and on fire are the ones that are falling away. And like legit, uh, the, the more on fire people are starting off with as the more likely it is that they end up not being a Christian long term. Right. And it goes hand in hand kind of with what Jesus said in the parable of the seller, which is like mind blowing. If you really think about it. Right. They start off with this zeal. And the problem is the reason why it is because here's the thing. A lot of Christians today, they come to the Lord for emotional reasons. They're on emotional highs. They're like, yes, I need this because, again, we're not looking at it as life in Christ but something new for my life. It's it's in addition to my life. Like, all right, I'm about to do something real. Uh, uh, uh. And actually, you know what? It wouldn't work here. I wish I had like electronic thing I could draw on the board like John Madden. But basically what I wanted to say is that everybody has a chair or a throne of their life. And until you meet Jesus, all of us sit on that throne. And sometimes we put things on that throne. We put porn on that throne. We put money on that throne. We put alcohol on that throne, but it's our throne. And when you meet Jesus, what's meant to happen is you throw away your throne and replace it with his throne. So he's the center of your life. A lot of Christians, instead of doing that, they try to bring his throne in next to their throne. So like Christ rules on his throne, but I got my throne. I'm fully right here, right? It's a part of their life. So they they want to chase the emotional highs, chase the, it's all about this modern Christianity. I want to do videos. I want to do that. And the minute it doesn't work out, and what is, again, parable of the sower. Should I just pull the parable of the sower up? Because I feel like what Jesus told us thousands of years ago is literally played out in front of us all the time when it comes to this exact thing that I'm talking about. Um, Matthew 13. 13. Let, let's just look at it. I'm going to go straight to the purpose part. He said, the one, uh, uh, as for the one that was sown on rocky ground, right here at verse 20, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Why do they receive it with joy immediately? Well, let's just stop for a minute and think about what the promise of the gospel is. Not the accountability, not the, uh, the, the, the negatives for us, not the bad news. What's the good news alone? Eternal life in Christ Jesus? with a mansion with many rooms that he prepares for you, a God of the universe who loves you, who would deny those three things? No one. And if someone gets told God just wants to give that to you freely in addition to the life you already have, what, I'm zealous for that. Let's go. Jesus loves me. And they dive in. And what does it say? Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately, immediately he falls away. So what is it saying? If you're, if the reason that you're zealous isn't the fact that he is life, then something's going to come up where I have to choose between Jesus and that. And we're going to choose that all the time because we're not trusting in Jesus for the right reason. And that's mm. the thing. Jesus told us about this then and we see it today. People aren't grounded. It's all about their, I've said it before. You've got TikTokers pretending to be Christians and you've got Christians who pretend to be TikTokers. I hope that I'm just a Christian pretending to be a TikToker. I hope yeah. that JB is just a Christian pretending to be a TikToker. But there are some on the yeah. other side that are using it as their social media niche, right? Video games, what I say earlier. Nowadays, anything can go online viral. Unpacking things, playing with uh, gel, cutting soap, uh, just literally breathing into a microphone going, people find what is going to work. And that's why I don't say this a lot because I don't mean to 
attack people because that's everything I say sounds like an attack because of my tone. But I fully believe this is why most Christian TikTokers or Christian YouTubers, all they do is go live and have debates because they can't preach and they can't teach. And if you can't preach and you can't teach, you know how to get people to tune into your live stream? Debate. That's what they, the, the background will say, Jesus is king, only come up if you disagree. I can't teach. I can't do that. I can't do a sermon. I can't preach, but I can fight with people. And people love to see that. So it becomes WWE. And then they jump from live stream to live stream to live stream because people are addicted now to this WWE. Every day people are going on TikTok just to watch Christians, atheists, and Muslims argue. It's WWE. They're not in that for eternal life. And this is where we get the people like what Ryan is doing, Ryan Foley was doing. They preach the gospel to check it off their list, not trying to reach people. This is what yeah. JD has talked about. People in the last episode correcting someone, not because you're trying to bring them truth, but to make it so everybody sees I owned him. I had a Ben yeah. Shapiro moment, right? Remember that big mm, phase, mm, the thug mm, life mm, moments mm, where everybody was trying to have those. I call him a Ben Shapiro moment because I feel like he made it famous because Ben is known for those one line like, bam, like, oh, snap. That's what everybody yeah. wants. They want that. They want that sound bite where it's like, yo, did he say that? Mike Trump. They're not mm, trying to say, mm, hey, brother, mm. I want I want to lead you to the truth because I love you. And this yeah. is, again, it, it goes hand in hand with what we're talking about because when you grow up as a Christian in that, you start to think this is Christianity. And some people are actually coming to Christ on TikTok and learning it and growing into it just like that. And that's why I've set a precedent. We will not debate on my live streams. You can go watch that on a thousand other live streams. Yeah. I'm not Amen. here for Praise Jesus. Because I'll tell you right now, if, I, if all I did was debate, y'all wouldn't get the things that you get from this podcast where we bring people on from other faiths, not other faiths, yeah. other denominations and whatnot. Um, yeah. And here's another thing about patience. I mean, if you, you just, you just went to Matthew 13 um, and even when we go down to verse 50, but yes, yes, the thing rather have, the gospel message down pat and mm. preach that message consistently the same than trying to have a new message every week. And, oh my and goodness. This is, this is what we see with the modern day church. Like every sermon has got to be louder. It's got to be brighter. There's got to be more smoke. There's got to be longer worship. There's got to be more of this and more of this and more banging and more noise and more effects with a motivational speech attached to it rather than every single week consistently preaching that Jesus Christ is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He is the one who took our place. He is the one who died for the sins of the world. We are justified by faith in Christ alone. Do that consistently and you will up. see people keep we don't need it. <laughs> we need no, I want y'all to hear that man one more time. I want y'all to hear what that man just said because that is so we true. Do. <laughs> yeah, and we do not and go. I just want to you you went there and the Holy Spirit immediately was like, just just open up Matthew 13 again, brother, and just go to verse 50. I want to show you what happens to Jesus here. I'm I'm show you what happens to Jesus. While I'm pulling that up, let me remind y'all what he just said and how that can be looked at online. 
You ever notice how all these TikTok prophets always need to have a new revelation, a new word from God, 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 a new word. You see what I'm doing here? They always like, oh, just God put this on my heart today. God put this on my heart today. God put this on my heart today. It's crazy how God's sending a lot of generic messages through all these prophets and not the gospel. That's mind blowing. Last I checked, it's the gospel that saves. I don't know why he ain't putting the gospel on their hearts. You said Matthew 13, verse what, 55? 53, uh, from 53, yeah. Okay, rejected in Nazareth. Ah, ah. So, yeah, look at this. Let's just, just, let's just read this quickly. I want to unpack this for you guys. And when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there. And coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? You see that there. And what does Jesus say? Jesus replies with a prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and in his own household. That reminds so, me of Acts chapter four as well, where they said, yeah. uh, uh, um, um, oh my gosh, they said that they, and they, oh, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized they had to have been with Jesus because with Jesus. where did they get this wisdom from? Amen. Amen. I mean, yeah, we see this, uh, this, this plain example, Jesus Christ, and it goes on to say, and because of the unbelief, Jesus didn't perform many miracles in Jerusalem. And, you know, the prosperity gospel and the word of faith movements will take that last passage, verse 58, and they will butcher it and say, you didn't get healed because you didn't have enough faith. And, yeah. and you you didn't get what you prayed for because you didn't have enough faith. This is not what is happening yet at all. This is not what is happening yet at all. What is happening is the wrath of God being poured out. He, that is a punishment. That is God saying, no, I'm not going to show you because even if I showed you, you wouldn't believe it. This is why we stick to the consistency of the message of the gospel. And if y'all ready for this, I'm about to share something with y'all that I haven't really shared because I never really put thought to it. But do you want to know why my page has grown so fast, so quickly? I'm going to go ahead and admit it right now. I've, I've, I've realized it right now in tonight's podcast. Because even though there's so many people that eat up this new revelation, new revelation, new revelation stuff, there are people out there hungry of, of for just what was already given. They don't want new revelation. They just want the word of God. And what is it that I try and focus on? We just going to stick to the word of God. Let's read the word of God. Even my analogies, I'm just taking a parable that Jesus said and using modern language in it. Like when people ask Mike, why are you so good with analogies? Because they're not mine. You hear me. I tell you, it's the word of God. The only difference is I'll sometimes use more modern of an analogy because we don't live in uh, 20 AD. <laughs> so, or th 25 AD. So, you know, we need to, mod uh, you know, if you modernize the analogy, it'll be understandable. But my point is, if you guys want to share the word, you don't need new revelation where you're like, Hey, I was reading this and the Lord, and you're trying to, cause here's what also happens when people do this. They start really reaching, trying to make that revelation fit. Like really, really reaching like brothers and sisters. I was reading this and, you know, I realized that when it says Esau, it's talking about the so-called white man. Sorry, did I, 
did I step too? Did I go too far? Where's my uh my CMB guys or CM uh, uh yes cross media guys? But I'm just saying that's a reach, right? Where you start and we all we've all met people that have had a reach video, right? You see people amening in the comments, but you're sitting there like, that's not what they was talking about. What? Yeah. Yeah. Where they reach hard, where they try and make it. Well, Jesus said this, and what Jesus is really saying is this, because they're trying yeah. to just. It's and, and we brought up Michael Todd, so let's talk about Michael Todd for a second. If you ever watched what he did last Easter, that's not the appalling part. People look at what he did at Easter and they're like, "That's crazy." Did you hear what he said about that? What he said about yeah. that was, when I was planning it, I didn't want to just have a boring, normal, you know, he he died, Easter. he got up message. Whoa. The minute your church believes that him dying and getting up is a boring message, you're lost. You've lost yeah, the idea. You have heard. Let me just make this very clear. You can't reinvent the gospel. This yeah. has been working for eternity past. From day one, this has worked. God's words are better than yours. If you want any success in the Christian faith, let it be God's success. That's why I said I yeah. stand on his word. You know another good thing about standing on his word? No one can ever destroy your message because the worst they can do is tear you down, not him, because his word is true. You can't sink if you stand on it. So stand on uh, 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 the word of God and focus on that. I love that you brought that up, JD, because it's so true. Everybody wants a new revelation. And this is what also drives people to want to find the hidden secret information. Yeah, hey, I'm yeah, going to read yeah. the gospel of Thomas and, and I'm going to read uh, Enoch because I want the secret special hidden information that they're trying to hide from you and that's mm. mind-blowing to think about that guys mm. can i just ask you what what do you think about god because last i checked if i believed that the human being was capable of stealing his word hiding his word and keeping it from his believers it sounds like i believe in a weak god a weak pathetic god because my god can protect his word my god can guarantee that his word reaches his children my god doesn't need to worry about someone hiding his books okay so if there's some hidden book out there it ain't god's book because god's book ain't gonna be hidden it says if all of us stop proclaiming his name the rocks would shout jesus name Amen. so if that's the same Amen. god that you and i serve how in the world do you believe in hidden information that he was unable to preserve in his word this is mind-blowing to me mind-blowing amen i mean and and just as well you know he goes how far do you want to go with this pastor todd i want to go as far as i can anywhere that is just short of sin, of sin. yeah oh just short of sin like if your pastor saying yo like live your life just on the edge of sin man <laughs> like how do i get closer to jesus jd how do i get closer to jesus just live on the edge of sin that's, and I don't, I don't mean to talk about him because I don't like to talk about him. But I do think that this is a great example of that that impatience of becoming something you're not supposed to be. Because here's another example of how this all works out to the negative. You saw this happening with Ryan, right? So notice how I'm linking the two to show you the exact same thing happened. Just one had a church and one was out of his car. What did what happened with Ryan? That whenever someone did oppose him, he felt like they were persecuting him and he had to keep pushing forward for Jesus. Because we then, when a Christian falls astray from te proper teaching, they also usually fall into a persecution complex. Because if you have a perverted view of scripture, a perverted view of what the gospel is, then of course your idea of persecution is perverted. Right. So then you got Mike Todd did the same thing. All these people that were upset about my Easter service that had something to say about me, but was you praying about me? Hey. Pause. 
Because if I do something that's blasphemous, whether that person's praying for me or not, I need to put my pride away. And if all yeah. the Christian community, all of it, because I don't think I saw many in the Christian community that defended him. I'm talking about across yeah. the board. The Christian community was like, what? And yeah, it was, well, that yeah. yeah, then he had yeah. the nerve to say that the two things that made Jesus's ministry explode were persecution and, and hate. And it was like, you know, being hated on. And again, I don't want to harp on him, but we saw that with Ryan. We see it with people on TikTok, right? If people start telling them you're wrong, it starts being like, oh, y'all just persecuting me because I'm I'm serving Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Is that? I mean, that this is this. And yes, a scary thing, right? If you go to, and this is 86 people here, God bless each and every single one of you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. This video is brought to you by Michael Pagano. Uh, sorry, that's just a brief ad break. <laughs> the views and the messages brought forth by JD does not represent Michael Pagano. Thank you for listening. <laughs> uh, if you go, if you guys go, do just like a little bit of digging into church history, you'll find that the idea of apostles and prophets only got a new vigor and, and, and built up traction again after the 1800s. If you go prior to the 1800s, there are not people walking around claiming to be prophets and apostles like we do. In 2023, there are more apostles and prophets alive today than there were in the times of Christ, man. Like, like you look at this and you go, what? Like, you just, you just type in apostle on TikTok and you'll find like... <laughs> There's like 4,000 apostles on TikTok alone. Like the last time I saw the book of Revelation mentions, mentions 12 thrones, 12 seats. So be a 12 lot of apostles. Musical, eight chairs, huh? musical <laughs> chairs for the apostles. Whatever 12 feet down first. Yeah, what are they going to be doing up there, man? Like, and it, when, I, like, when, I, when I question people, I'm like, you, you do realize that this goes contrary to Paul saying he was the last. JD, of the apostles don't care about what scripture says they care about experiences the uh, the other yeah. day i made a video 10 minutes i spent 10 whole minutes diving into the history of tongues i don't know if you saw the video i dove into yeah. the first person in america to even talk about tongues uh which is uh, uh parham i talk about the very first time that tongues happened how they went to other countries and found out quickly they weren't speaking their language i dove into all this then i went into scriptures and i still had people in the comment section rejecting it based on experiences and mm. it's like at what mm. point do you not hear what god says or i'm about to mm. do what jesus does he would say have you mm. not read have you not read that your heart is wicked and can deceive you? Have you not read, read to not lean on your own understanding? Have you not read that man should not live off bread alone, but by every word out of God's mouth? When does experience ever, but that's, we live in a culture where experience trumps our, 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 the word of God. That's why all these Americans got up and hopped in their car and ran to Asbury or whatever it's called, Asbury. The minute they heard of a revival, but those same people, I said it, what I say, I think I said on the last episode, drive thousands of miles for a miracle, but won't go five minutes down the street to be the miracle in somebody's life. Yeah. Because yeah, just, people just, are chasing miracles years, rather than being miracles. You could be, let me, yeah. let me just, I got 110 here and 85 here. Technically, if all of you believe in the same Jesus I believe in, that's 190 miracles that can happen tomorrow. Yeah. Do you guys want to? I'll live up to it. I'll live up to it. If y'all want to make a pact with each other right now, 
that we can all be 190 miracles in somebody's life tomorrow. Literally just go to the gas station, walk up to someone at the pump and say, I wanted to buy your gas for you because I just wanted to let you know that I care about you. You could walk up to yeah. someone at the grocery store and hand them $10 and just say, hey, I, I want to give this to you. Someone that maybe Amen. looks like they're struggling. Help someone. On the side. We could be 190 miracles tomorrow. But yet we find that to be an inconvenience. I'm not saying you do specifically listening, but if you feel mm -hmm. convicted at this, then feel convicted. But we'll run. Yeah. If I if you heard 200 miles from your home, somebody is healing people, or that the, the like that the Holy Spirit is literally descending upon people, you'd run there because I don't know if maybe it's a doubt of, of your own salvation. And I love y'all to death. Y'all know I, I don't mind convicting you sometimes. Maybe it's a doubt, doubting of salvation, so you want to run and experience something so you can have confidence, but you can have the power yeah. of the Holy Spirit, like I said, down the street. You can. I promise you, you can. You don't need to travel to get the Holy Spirit. He's supposed to be with you where you're at right now. I, if someone told me that they're that the Holy Spirit has descended and they're doing some great miraculous things in Ohio, I'm not traveling to Ohio. I trust God does what he does. I love you, God. Good job. Can we do that over here? Fill me, Lord. Let's do it here too. But we yeah. run to miracles rather than being a miracle in someone's life. Do it. I challenge yeah. you. And don't tell me you did it. Don't tell JD you did it. Don't tell a single person you did it. Just do it because you want to be a miracle in someone's life tomorrow. Yeah. Be a miracle. Because you never know, that person's going to start crying and say, I've been praying to the Lord for weeks now because I don't have enough for my phone bill. And today I was ready to give up. And you walked up to me and you gave that to me. And I thank you for it. You never know. Yeah. Never know. That's it. I know that's that we've, the, the, the we've digressed news. a little bit. So but back to topic a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's just, that's just so power, I said, bro. You want to read James and Proverbs if you need someone to disciple you and you don't have it. Listen to me right now. James, don't look at the book of James the way people try to tell you to look at it, right? Everybody goes here about works and faith. And they're always arguing about salvation by works or faith. What if I told you James did not intend any of that? If you read his entire letter, he's writing this to Christians, to believers. Now, some will argue that he says Israel in the beginning, and they take that in a physical sense. I could care less what they argue about. This is a message for people that are in Christ. And he's telling you how to live your life. In chapter one, he says, be doers of the words and not hearers of the word alone. In chapter two, he tells you not to show partiality. Then he tells you to make sure you love people and show your faith through your love. Because what use is your faith if you're not actually showing people that love? In chapter three, he talks about how dangerous your tongue is and how we need to guard our tongue. Listen to me right now. If I was discipling one of you, if you, if you lived around here and I was discipling one of you as my brother or sister in Christ, these are the things I would be telling you. Guard your tongue to be gracious in your speech, to be loving, to be responsible. Uh, res responsible. These are things that you would hear from anyone discipling you that loves you, right? And these are the things that we see from James. And then I love, and you guys have all heard me say this if you've watched any of my live streams. This is one of my favorite passages in scripture where James gives this understanding of what a real teacher looks like. You can use this for identifying teachers so that you know who you should trust, but it should also be a, a way for you to say, that's what I want to be like. And, and I don't want to be like the other way that he describes it. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Wisdom and knowledge are two different things, right? Knowledge is the information. Wisdom 
is the living out of that information. So when you have righteous knowledge of God, which is knowledge, and you actually live it, it's wisdom. In case you don't know this, some people use wisdom and knowledge synonymously, right? No, that's 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 actually not true because then that would be redundant to be exact, actually, right? So you can have the knowledge, but not the wisdom to live it out and, and live it out for people to be a demonstration. So he tells you right here that the person that's wise is the person that demonstrates that through their conduct in meekness, lovingly. Then it says, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth, right? People that, that, that are just seeking the attention and want to be ahead, but you're not ready for it yet. That's selfish ambition. Selfish ambition is ambition for self. Like, I don't know how to break that down any clearer, right? What are you doing it for? This is the why, right? Why? Why do you want to spread the gospel? Why do you want a platform? Why do you want to be on stage? Why do you want to do these things? And if your why is about self, then you have selfish ambition and you should probably stay away from that position. You're not ready for it yet. It says that this is not the wisdom that comes down from above. So that's not your spiritual wisdom. That's your flesh. It is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. You heard JD earlier say being willing to be wrong. That's what open to reason is right there, right? Pure and peaceable, gentle, open to reason. We really need to be demonstrating these things right here because I can tell you this right now. This is what I hold myself to and I struggle in some of these areas. But when I'm online and I see people that claim to be teachers, if they don't hit any of these, then it tells me that they're not even ready to be teaching yet. I'm not judging their salvation. I'm not sitting there being like, oh, he's unsaved. No, 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 but he shouldn't be teaching. Amen. And that's 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 the biggest problem we have is that people are not willing to be wrong. And if if you if if corrected, they automatically assume that you're attacking their salvation or saying they are unsaved. This I've had this happen so many times on TikTok where people saying, are you they like you can say the apple is green. What are you saying? I'm unsaved. Are you saying I'm not saved? Like, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. It's not what I'm saying at all. People want to take these giant leaps from one point to the next point, and that's not what you're saying. But we have to be open to correction. And personally, I love it. I love being corrected with God's word. I love a brother coming to me saying, yo, you mentioned this, but here's another thing that you left out, or here's another way to look at it, or here is something I found. Here's a parallel. Whatever the case may be. That's what we call to do as brothers in Christ. That's what we call to do. We are called to help one another grow. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you grow with your brothers and sisters? So I wanted to uh, I wanted to pull this up here in First Kings before we talk about Proverbs a little bit, because I want to remind you guys about what Solomon asked for when he came to the Lord. Um, well, not came to the Lord, but when when he was placed in his position. Um, It says, and your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for a multitude. Because God said, tell me what you want. And he said, give your servant, speaking about himself, 
therefore an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil for who is able to govern this, your great people. It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, because you have asked this and not have asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but you have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. Behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has been before you and none like you after shall rise after you. Don't forget this. So when we dive, when you dive into Proverbs, we need to understand that Solomon is literally the wisest human being to live outside of Jesus, right? God, God says none will ever be as wise as you uh, before you or after you. As far as his creation goes, he gave them that his that him that wisdom. And when you understand that the book of Proverbs is, is such a powerful book, first of all, it's an incredible tool when it comes to raising a family. It's an incredible tool for maturing in yourself. And on top of that, it's an incredible tool to know who Jesus is. Ready for this? <laughs> so Solomon is writing to his children, but there's something else happening. In the physical world, it's Solomon writing to his heirs. In the spiritual world, the heir after Solomon is Jesus because we had three kings, Saul, David, and Solomon, and the throne of David belongs to the true heir, which is Jesus, who comes after Solomon and Jesus will sit in that throne. So this is also Solomon writing to his heir, Jesus. And we know that Jesus meets all this, the perfect description of who Proverbs is, right? As humans, when we read Proverbs, we come up short. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you right now, if you can read Proverbs and you not saying, oh, I, I, I struggle there. Ooh, I, okay, okay. Okay, Lord, I need help there. Okay, look, yep. Mm -hmm. If you're not reading it like that, you lying to yourself. But you know who can read Proverbs and be like, okay, it would have been Jesus when he would have read these scriptures when he was walking this earth, growing up as a boy because he was fully man, fully God in Proverbs, training his own flesh as he's going through that. This is the image of who Jesus really is. I mean, all throughout the Bible is an image of who Jesus is, but Proverbs is a great way to really understand because it's a letter from the king who holds the throne of David to the true heir of the throne, who is Jesus. It opens up saying the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealings, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying the words of the wise and their riddles. And then um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise, despise wisdom and instruction. And there's your intro. Now from here, we're going to see, I actually wrote this down a little bit ago. Um, chapter one, verse eight, all the way through nine, chapter nine, verse 18 is for parents and we hear, uh, and then wisdom, lady wisdom, right? Or woman wisdom. And then from chapter 10 on is basically a bunch of wise sayings and they're split up. You could actually tell when you're reading it, how these sayings are uh, broken down in the, into segments. But the first nine chapters that you're going to roll through, it's going to be that wisdom that you would pass to a child. But this can also be looked at for yourself. And, and you'll see that as you go through it. 
Um, for example, so here, my son, your father's instructions. And one thing that's really important to notice if you study Proverbs, and I didn't really plan on doing like a Proverbs study, so I might bounce around here on this. But you hear, you see a lot of hear and listen in Proverbs. Hear and listen. And that's something that you can learn from that alone right there. We see all the time, be quick to listen and slow to speak, right? Listen, hear. I mean, it literally starts right here that fools despise wisdom and instruction, right? So they don't want to listen. Who wants to listen? The wise listen. The wise listen. Listen, let the wise hear and increase in learning. And then it starts by saying, hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole like those who do who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. We will all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Mm. It, and, and it keeps going, though. This is mm. a place where if you don't have someone discipling you, go to this. Go to Proverbs and don't read it as, oh, this is how I want to raise my son. Read it as your father in heaven speaking to you, just Mm. as the Holy Spirit is writing through Solomon for Jesus. These instructions of who Jesus would become in the flesh. Yeah. And you know, there's there's, there's a fine line. I'm just going to say this because Proverbs, (laughs) you know, I don't know if anyone's ever done this, but like, just read through Proverbs like in its entirety. And by the time you get to the end, you can, <laughs> you're going to feel like you're not even saved, man. <laughs> it's like, it's like, do I even know Jesus? Like, like honestly, like Proverbs is, is a book that like cuts deep. It cuts. Yeah. Deep. It should okay. help you recognize how much you need Jesus because this Amen. is Jesus. This is his image. He's the true heir to the throne that Solomon is writing to. And we're not this. We're not. And again, and then this is this is, and I'm bringing this up because Mark has mentioned it a few times. I've mentioned it a few times. Just because we have become the righteousness of Christ, God's standard isn't going to be lowered to accommodate us. Again, Jesus Christ has paid the price. He has covered us with His shed blood. We, we His righteousness is imputed to us because of the finished work of the cross. So I, 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 this is, again, so important that when you read through Proverbs, that's the standard. The standard is not going to get lowered so it can meet your expectations or your vulnerability or where you fall short. No, that's the standard. That's the level. Like Peter says, be holy as your Father in heaven is holy. We know we can't be holy like the Father in heaven. It's not possible. He is he is holy. He is the epitome of holy. So we know we can't we can't obtain that. We can't achieve that. We can't stand toe to toe with God when it comes to righteousness. This is why we need Christ. And and again, when you read through through the proverbs, we see how badly we need Jesus. 
this is a good reminder of how badly we need Jesus, not just every day, but every millisecond within a second because like like if if and this is the this is the thing that the, this is i just want to say this before you know because i've got to bounce soon and i just want to leave you guys with this thought you see the exodus of the israelites the thing they missed and i don't want you guys to miss this i don't want you guys to miss this see the promise of heaven isn't what we are after it's god's presence in heaven it's being in his presence in heaven. Heaven would not be a reward if Christ wasn't going to be there. Heaven would not be the, the final destination of the Christian and the joy of the Christian if it wasn't the fullness of God's presence that we would be experiencing. And this is the pro problem with, with the Exodus and the Israelites. They were so focused on the promised land that they missed the points of the promised land, who they would be in constant communion with and who would be there with them. They missed the points of the temple. They missed the points of entering into the Holy of Holies. And, and, and this is, this is what we now have access through Christ being our only mediator. He is the only mediator. We have access to God's presence every single day. And, and don't forget that. Don't let anything you learn in scripture puff you up to the point where you forget why you are actually reading the scriptures. That these words are breathed out and inspired by God for your edification, for your growth, for your exhortation, for your rebuke, so that you know how God would like you to walk. And again, none of these things equate to your salvation because once you have believed that Christ is who he says he is, that he died for your sins, was buried and rose again on the third day, you are saved. So again, sanctification and salvation are two separate issues. And some people like to drag them in together and rope them into one box. And that's not possible. That's not possible. Everyone's walk is different. And God is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And what do we see in Hebrews 11.6? Just leave you with that one. Hebrews 11.6, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without mm. faith, it is impossible to please God. With that being said, I love you all. Grace and peace. Mike, I love you the most, bro. Oh, I love you the most. I love you too. And with that, and with you saying that, I know that we started a little late. We were going to do an hour and a half episode, so we're going to have to end it an hour and 20. Uh, but you know what? I don't mind these short episodes. Obviously, once we get our times adjusted, they'll be a little longer, but I'm not going to go without JD. Uh, I believe we're at a good point to stop anyway, unless we're going to sit here and read Proverbs. But I can't wait till we get the Proverbs in our Bible reading uh, 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 series. Now, I will say, make sure you guys are tuning on and on Friday for episode number two, which will premiere at 8 a.m. Central Time again, 9 a.m. Uh, uh, East Coast. Um, and then, JD, I mean, I'll be seeing you tonight for you. Tomorrow for me, we're doing our Bible reading. Cool. I uh, just want to make sure we're still on schedule for that. And if you're listening in on Spotify, we appreciate you for listening. Make sure you guys are hitting that subscribe button, hitting that share button, hit that like button. That's really the best way that you can show support just by hitting that button. It's not, we're not asking you for money or emails or addresses or nothing. Just hit the little, just, there you go. Hit the little subscribe button. Um, no cool graphics on screen, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, but I will be live over on uh, TikTok after this uh, for a little bit, especially since we're ending our uh, show 30 minutes early tonight. Um, and yeah, guys, be back Wednesday 
uh, Wednesday night. I do not have a plan yet for the topic, but me and JD will talk tomorrow. Uh, I'm looking forward to a bunch of it. There's, there's so many topics that we've discussed wanting to discuss. So it's like, ah, we have so much. Make sure you guys yeah. are uh, definitely following though so that you know what's happening. And as always, guys, we appreciate everything that you guys do as far as supporting and always showing up. JD, you got anything else for them? No, just keep walking in that. Walking in patience, man. Walking in patience. And let's let's just yeah, trumpet, Trump pride, man. That's that's the message every day. Trump pride within yourself, within those your brothers and sisters who you see have fallen into a season of being prideful in whatever reason. Um, trump it and stop it because the most loving thing you can do for your brothers and sisters in Christ is to warn them about a path that they have that they have taken that is not according to scripture. That is a loving thing to do. It's not it's not the opposite. Like today's Christianity would like like you to believe. Amen. And with that being said, guys, as always, God bless and go in peace.